Chapter Thirteen of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Sowen. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter Thirteen. The Price of Immortality. Shakespeare gives Polonus a prominent place in the early part of Hamlet and then allows him to be ignominiously mistaken for a rat and killed this end was due to polonus but shakespeare must have found great satisfaction in bringing it about for polonus was essentially a coward and an atheist he was always warning people to beware of life he proposed to put everybody in a chain armor of selfish caution the substance of his advice to his son and to all the others to whom he talked was get money avoid friends beware of life George MacDonald said that Polonus would have been right if the devil had been God, but in a universe in which the devil is the devil and God is God, Polonus was tragically wrong. His attitude made it impossible for him to believe anything, and he was therefore incapable of understanding anything. The only man who greatly succeeds is the man who believes. The unbelieving man tries to conduct the business of life alone. He refuses to enter into partnership with the great force behind life, he suspects that force, fears it, and tries to protect himself from it. He makes, therefore, the smallest possible investment of his affections, his convictions, his energy. Instead of taking possession of the great house of life and living in it like an heir to whom it has come by honorable inheritance, he bolts the doors and bars the windows, locks his treasures in the innermost room, watches for thieves, and dreads earthquakes and tempests. He never takes the privileges of an heir of the world or of a son of God. No man can really make a success in the supreme business of living unless he goes into partnership with the force behind life, invests everybody that he is and has, and commits himself gladly and boldly to that force which some people call righteousness and others call God. The phrase, growing up with a community, which is often heard in this country, is significant of one great element of success— those men who foresee the growth of a locality identify themselves with it and make investment in it are lifted often on a rising tide of prosperity to great wealth they are not speculators for the speculator is a gambler they are far-sighted men with a prophetic instinct they have faith enough to commit themselves to the larger fortunes of a community and so they found great fortunes on insight observation and faith browning was the prophet of those who take god at his word who believe that the invisible forces behind life are friendly and bear one forward those who yield to these forces are carried to great prosperities of soul men and women of the polonus type of mind never make great ventures they never put their talents out at interest but bury them in a napkin in the great house of life they lie awake at night because they think they hear burglars or smell smoke they never hoist sail and put boldly out to sea. They keep within sight of the shore. But the sea captain fears no storm, however violent, if he has plenty of sea room. The wrecks line the shore. Of course life is full of danger, and many things may happen to bring pain and sorrow to those who are bold because they believe profoundly in the power behind life. But the man who greatly loses is a nobler man than he who ignominiously succeeds. As a rule, the bold men who act on their faith make the great achievements, but even when they fail to command eternal success, they gain nobility of soul. Quote, he makes noble shipwreck who is lost in seeking worlds. End quote. If the devil were God, caution would be a supreme duty, but because God is God, the supreme duty is courage. 
opportunity as never separated from danger and love always evokes the possibility of sorrow but he would be a dull man who would avoid adventure because peril is bound up with it and he would miss the whole beauty and meaning of life who would never permit himself to make a great venture of his affection because death may go with love it is the mortal part that fears it is the immortal part that dares and the great trials are the price we pay for our immortality if to-day dante far on in the paradise of which he dreamed cares for the fame which shines like a light over the whole world he does not count those weary years of exile from florence too great a price to have paid lincoln looking down on the reunited family bound together for the first time in a household of love does not feel that his martyrdom was too great a price to have paid for such a result the great things are always to be greatly paid for an immortal spirit cannot be put into a mortal body to live a mortal life without exposure to the changes sorrows and shadows of death which are part of mortality but the brave man does not shrink from the toil and danger to which his very greatness calls him in some noble task and the immortal spirit ought to be willing to face to pay the price of its own mortality the choice between following the mortal or the immortal nature is laid upon us all happy are those who dare to believe in god and to act not as if immortality were coming to them but as if it were already theirs End of chapter thirteen